Hello, friends, and welcome to World Build With Us, the podcast where we create fantastical worlds with help from you, our listeners. My name is Rob Hilferty, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Daniel Quinn and Courtney Staples. On today's episode, we are going back in time, doing our yearly retrospective of World Build With Us. We're going to bring back some old classics, talk about the 25, yes, that's correct, 25 different worlds that we've created 52 episodes, some of them doubled up. We've got interviews with some of our favorites. We went through all sorts of fun stuff, jams, winter jams, uh, interviews with Daniel and Courtney, which was a treat. But before we go through this year in review, I want to remind everyone that if you want us to build your world, you can always go to our website, worldbuildwithus.com, where you can click the link, follow some instructions, and within a reasonable amount of time, we'll be building your world in 2024, 2023, we're done. We're, we're, we're wrapped on that. We're just looking ahead to the future, right? By the way, if you want to follow us on social media, you can follow us on Twitter at Let's World Build, or we've got a YouTube channel where you can subscribe, click the bell, all that good stuff. But if you'd rather talk to us more directly, you can go to our Discord where you can chat with us about world building, about 2023. What was your favorite world that we built this year? Let us know. Tell us what's going on. And of course, if you're feeling particularly generous, you can always go to our Patreon and give us money there. You can get access to all sorts of extra goodies for being a patron. Uh, you've got a Discord chat. You've got two episodes instead of one for all of your prompts. And uh, you've got access to the Aphid Lounge, which are extra series that we do. And we also have Too Hot for Broadcast, where Courtney takes out the most embarrassing bits and puts them in a nice, like, compilation of how embarrassing can it be for us <laughs> and that that's just a free service well not free because you got to pay for it on patreon but we provide that whenever it's available uh and before we truly get going on this episode i want to thank each and every one of you if you're a new listener or an old listener 2023 has been a massive year for world build with us uh we've had our biggest year ever since the creation of this way back in I believe it's 2019. Uh, so we're going on four years strong and we would not be here without the love, support and listening of you, our listeners. So thank you truly. Thank you all from here at World Build With Us for your continued support and love. Now, with all that sappy shit out the way, let's dive right into 2023. Guys, it's been a hell of a year. It's been a roller coaster and where do we start? Where do y'all want to start? Does anyone have any particular world that they're dying, chomping at the bit to talk about? Mm. I mean, we we had a lot of, like you said, 25 worlds this year. And looking back, it's, yeah. it's definitely that feeling of like, wait, shit, that was this year? That That's felt so long ago. A lot of that. A lot yeah, of that. Yeah. A lot of that. And we had, you know, some really fun ridiculous ones like uh land of a thousand beef queens oh, for yeah. example that yeah. was that was pretty ridiculous but we also had some pretty dark uh serious ones and yes courtney you were on the podcast this year that's true yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is that is true yes i was here uh and so in that vein i shockingly am eager to take another look at the womb of a thousand flesh gardens oh god <laughs> I knew you were yeah. going to do that one. Oh, man. Okay. We'll yeah. Um, so I, I didn't 
bring anything to add to it. I'm I'm open to like rolling some dice to see what we can come up with. But for people who haven't listened to it, of course, I strongly recommend going back and checking it out. It's a two part series from our patron uh, Kaiser, who tasked us with a, uh, I think it was like a underwater like Bioshock setting, basically, and we proceeded to just make it really disgusting and vile and horrific we made we made it awful yes i mean the name of the setting like womb of a thousand flesh gardens it kind of kind of tells you what you're in for i think yeah i I think that's correct i think that's very it says what it is on the team yeah i think that's correct for sure very evocative yeah um and i just liked that sort of uh descent into disgusting madness that we built up in that setting where we had kind of ended it with a uh, a quest line where you were going to play like X-Files-esque uh, investigators, or it could be, you know, any sort of setting. I think Miami Vice was another alternative, depending on what kind oh, of yeah. mood you wanted. And, oh, shit, that was a fun idea. Yeah, that was really yeah. fun. Yeah. And then you would sort of investigate on, you know, the surface of the earth and find all these clues that led you to go down in a submersible to deepest part of the Atlantic Ocean where you walk into uh, what was once an Eden under the sea and it's now very uh, fleshy and overgrown with flesh. (laughs) (laughs) You got to eat somehow, right? And if it just means that you're taking off like a little bit of flesh from the walls and just munching on it, you know, that, or, or perhaps you're just creating a giant flesh amalgam or a basically Mm -hmm. a mech suit, but made out of meat parts and losing your humanity in the process, a la a big daddy. When it gets so bad that the U S government wants to bury you in a mudslide in a fault Mm -hmm. line. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, I get it. I I get it. Yeah. 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 Is this the one with the um, people who had gone down there and they ended up being like flesh infected or something. And then, the actual protagonists came down. They were like another faction in there. I think that the way that we positioned it was similar to Bioshock in that you could position it. So you're, um, you're like entering this world as a newcomer, as someone yeah. like unfamiliar with it. So yes. Yeah. And I think that was your faction. Yeah. Like you had some kind of people who were like half mutated or something. Is that oh, wait. And you're right because it was something with like I think at some point the CIA infiltrated this place because yeah. it was like originally a mm-hmm. socialist communist paradise mm-hmm. yes. and there was meddling and uh, things went wrong. Then things went very wrong because the government didn't want that to prevail to succeed. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. we're we're positioned like in, in the 1950s. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's like we can't let this happen. So this will fuck up ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's yeah. why they buried the thing uh-huh. in a giant uh, fault line. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than the, the flesh lakes, were there any other horrific discoveries I'm trying to remember about the place? What do you mean besides <laughs> the flesh lakes, Daniel? Uh, trying to see if I could take into account the other ones. There, there was okay. Uh, was there an actual, was an actual womb, right, of some kind, or was it yeah, just the entire thing was a giant flesh womb? Yes. Yeah, I think it was like as you got to the center, uh-huh. it became more horrific, and I think that was like the worst mm-hmm. part of it is this womb thing. Okay. Yes. We also had another wound later this year, didn't we? Did we? Um, flesh wound sort of thing. We did. Wasn't it recent? We did have one in the uh, just the interview, the random world. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, we have go tos here, Daniel. Okay, yeah. <laughs> gardens and flesh wounds and amalgams exactly. are, are are kind mm-hmm. of a go to. 
it, look, just like if Courtney allows for blood sacrifice, uh-huh. there will be blood sacrifice. We will inevitably drift back towards a giant flesh amalgam at some point. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's just our, our thing. Um, but yeah, it also was like um part of the issue had been that there was a a cat that somehow got into one of these vats of of like material that I'm was, remembering uh, this now, yeah. Yeah, and like basically it's the toxoplasmosis from the cat ended up being oh. this huge issue because mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. led to this like mind control kind of uh not quite zombification, but it like really mm-hmm. fucked with your mind a lot. That's really clever. Yeah. Yeah, we did a good job with that one. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, yeah, Daniel, we have a pretty but cool yeah, show. We gotta yeah, say, yeah. That was pretty good. I know you don't listen to the show, but we have a good idea. <laughs> I like when there's like a little bit of sci-fi sprinkled in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Daniel, Daniel finally recognizing, hey, this show's pretty cool sometimes. Begrudgingly <laughs> 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 showing up. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is the part of the episode where we reveal that Daniel pre-records all of his lines, so he has yeah. no idea what we're saying. Yeah. I, don't know, I just you guys have been piecing it together with AI the whole time. Yeah, exactly. yeah. I, just, I gave you like a bunch of words to work with. Yeah, yeah. We just go with the keywords and we kind of put you in. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, my faction in this one had been the uh, people who were trapped down there, kind of dulling the horror of the setting with drugs. Mm-hmm has like hallucinogenic properties and they basically harvested it from their own bodies because of the way this flesh stuff uh grew but yeah it was gross <laughs> you're welcome i guess didn't they also have like uh hadn't they figured out how to make like food from a paste or something yeah that was the that was the whole like flesh stuff it's like they had nutrient bats basically it just got out of control oh yeah. yeah that's right i was into that i'm like i thought that was a good idea yeah yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. Because yeah, that's when like the cat did something, tipped something over, fell into it, and then it got the toxic plasmosis. Food safety, yeah. Gordon Ramsay says, yeah. you know, you can't, you can't cross contaminate. That's what mm. happens. Yeah, mm. they they weren't like going by food safety laws. They had open mm-hmm. containers in the in the flesh garden area. Yep. Yeah, mice and yeah. toasters. You know, I think <laughs> I think that I coined the phrase flesh gardens and then immediately regretted it. Yeah, because it's horrifying. <laughs> it's, it's pretty horrifying. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I, I do remember that neither of you had like, uh, played Bioshock, which to me was like pretty wild because I'm pretty sure that in the beginning, I just pushed it towards Bioshock as much as I possibly could. And then we added flesh into it and it just became real gross. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I literally shuddered by the way. Like that was not radio. That was Mm -hmm. actually grossed out by the fact that I'm like picturing because I, I remember like there was like a parasitic element to it as well, where people would like mm-hmm. attach like biomass to themselves in order to like make yeah. themselves stronger or give themselves like conch armor basically and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. God, it was awful and I hate it. And also it's pretty cool. So it's great. I think that by far is probably the most Clark episode without Clark that we've ever done. <laughs> so yeah, I'm into the flash too, of course. Yeah, right. No, no, right, right. But like every time Clark comes on, oh, yeah, it's yeah. always like, how can we Cronenberg the setting up? How can we crank up the Cronenberg knob as much as possible? So, mm-hmm. oh boy. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was a great one. So what do we want to do to kind of expand that universe just a little bit, that setting just a little bit? Hmm. 
Yeah, I'm not sure. Like I said, I didn't bring anything with me, so I am open to going with dice rolls for this one. Hell yeah. I'm like dead. a twist or something? Or something, yeah. Mm. So yeah, I, I think that we'll roll some dice. We'll roll a twist, and we'll see uh, what we've got going on for the flesh gardens, you know, see how, how can we spruce up these flesh gardens? Right. And by the way, if you are a patron, you can add to our twist list as we've got a couple of new twists on the list. And as per our semi yearly custom, we are uh, starting over with our twist list. So now is the best time to add your twists. If you are one of our fabulous, fabulous patrons. So our first role And our twist is going to be, this is very appropriate considering who it's from. It's got to have trains in it coming from Kaiser. This is a Kaiser setting. So of course we've got to add some trains. So Courtney, I hate to ask this question. What do flesh trains look like? Uh... See, I'm I'm of a couple of minds about it, but I want to hear what you guys say first. Hmm. So I think there could be a couple ways to go about it. One way we could have like a a subway type system in this uh flesh underwater base thing. So like a subway system that you would be able to use when you're traversing it basically just like fast travel around the map essentially. Um but I'm sure that it would come with its own issues, including fleshy trains that i guess they would just like make gooey noises when they move i don't know leave blood trails all over the tracks mm-hmm. um another way to think about it is like maybe there's a train station deep in the center of this place that leads to another base perhaps oh that we hadn't built out um maybe there there is actually like a network down there that oh, wasn't discovered or maybe it was like the bases were only partially built or something, but there is other stuff out there still. Oh, oh, okay. 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 Hold on. I've got an idea for that. So there's like the public transit trains, right? And those have been completely overtaken by flesh, right? Mm-hmm. It's basically a giant digestive tract at this yeah. point. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So yeah. imagine like walls contracting and like pushing this thing through a, a track system. Or, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But the stuff that you're talking about, those to me sound like service tunnels. And I feel like those mm-hmm. are tunnels that have not been fleshified yet. So you can have that parallel system of mm-hmm. flesh and mechanical as well. Which is something that I think that we didn't really dive enough into in the setting itself. But I think that, one, it will satisfy the twist twice. And two, you can have your cake and eat it too. And by cake, I mean horrifying digestive system as a subway system. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Delicious, yeah. Yeah, I do like mm-hmm. the the idea that you could potentially find these tunnels that lead somewhere else undiscovered that haven't been contaminated yet. But of mm-hmm. course, like you would have to figure out how to open it without immediately contaminating it. Yeah. That's a good point too. Huh? Like it's hermetically sealed. So any exposure that you have, like you're going to threaten, you know, like making it a giant stomach again. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, 
um, the noise that it would make as it travels is like borborygmos or or digestion, where it's just like <laughs> like the entire time, you know, like mm-hmm. the sound that your stomach makes, basically. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. It makes me wonder if um, the because now this whole thing is this larger organism, it can become sick from foreign bodies entering it. Ooh. Oh, we didn't even talk about the idea Ooh. that there's probably a self-defense. Like, it, like what do the white blood cell responses look like? You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, that's great, Daniel. That's a great question that we should explore. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, what happens when it can't fight off an infection? <laughs> oh, what happens if the subway system becomes infected? Like, mm-hmm. oh. Oh God, that's really gross. Cause now I'm just picturing like abscesses and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like ulcers on the side of the, yeah. uh, or, Hey, Hey, you know what happened to me this year? I got my gallbladder removed. So that's the thing. So I, I can also imagine like, Hey, what happens if your organs just fucking die inside of you? Yeah. That's a great question. Yeah. Uh, I mean, based on what you said, it's it's fairly painful when that happens. It is, it is in fact, very painful. Yes, pretty absolutely. pretty unpleasant overall. So, yeah. I wonder if like the the whole base starts to like twist and contract in agony when oh, stuff yeah. happens. Like part of it dies off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's gross, and I hate talking about it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean. I don't want to talk about this anymore because it's grossing me out that much. That's fair. That's fair. We do have two other settings that we can get to, I guess. So yeah, you know. yeah. And I don't think we need to build out where this other train needs mm. to. That's sealed off. Like yeah, I think that's a mystery we leave. Yeah, sure. I think that somebody else could, you know, do whatever they want with it in their own game or or story Absolutely. or whatever. Yeah, uh, that's where all the cocaine is stored. If you're mm. doing a vice, you know, like a Miami Vice type story. Oh so. uh, yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We we should probably move on. I think. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a good idea. Away from the flash trains. Yeah. Yes, please. Yeah, I would appreciate that actually. Uh, so, Daniel, what is the setting that you wanted to revisit for 2023? It's been a long year, a fruitful year. We've got so many bangers just in the chamber. So, where did you want to go? I have a toss up between two places. What do you got, Daniel? So the first one is the um, Catalina Wizards. What was it called? Um, oh, yeah. yeah. With the wine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isle of a Thousand Wines. Yes. Uh, yeah. You had a, a fun name for it, sub name on the episode. Oh, uh, Catalina Wizard Mixer. Yeah, that, was, <laughs> that one or um, the other one I really liked. It's the um, the Thousand Vacations. So the Twisted Theme Park, oh, the Gnomes. Yeah, the City of a Thousand Vacations. Oh, yes. yeah. yeah. Mangala Park, I remember. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm not sure which one I want to do. Like, hmm. Well, personally, I would I would aim towards the older one just because uh-huh. the Catalina Wizard Mixer is it's some new. fresh memory. Mm-hmm. So, But also at the same time, that is... It was really good. good. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I agree with you on the vacations because I, we had also the interesting mechanism of designing park rides, which was cool. Yeah, yeah. that was fun. That, that was, was fun. So yeah, I think yeah, I yeah, think yeah. you're right that we should look at the older one. Great. Okay. Well, let's let's remind everyone what that world was all about. So, Daniel, take it away. Oh boy, let's see if I can remember anything. I didn't really listen to it because I had like four I picked, but <laughs> I recall, I recall, um, and based on the description of the episode, um. This was some sort of panopticon, the, the park itself. 
And yeah. I know there were evil gnomes operating it who <laughs> yeah. were like either highly capitalistic or somehow evil. And it was a very unusual fantasy setting realm because it was, yeah. wasn't it like a, a realm that everyone else kind of is like separated from, but they're going into it. Like they're being attracted to it. Like the world was wasn't a, normal. I think. Okay, so, so from what I remember, the city was the city where death took a vacation. Yes. That's and right. death was like actively being pushed out of the city or like basically put into an infinite loop or an infinite yeah. queue. And I remember, did you share that documentary about um, Disney lines? Cause then I think that's when I watched it. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. Yeah. So if, if you guys have two and a half hours and if you want to watch a fascinating documentary on the history of the fast pass in Disney, Boy, howdy, you should go see Defunct Land's two-hour video about that. And by the way, Defunct Land in general just produces fantastic work. You should go listen to their stuff, watch their stuff in general. But yes, that was that was a great one. Yeah, so we started out with, I think the conceit was that it was just like the city where death took a vacation and we turned it into an amusement park somehow. And it was horrifying. Yeah, because it was all centered on that line. We had another setting too where there was a long ass line. That was the uh, the long form one that we did at the start of the year. Oh, yeah. maybe it affected our minds. Yeah. Oh, that one that one was really cool too. Like, damn, mm. I forgot about that one. Yeah, mm. I mean, I didn't forget. Like, I, it's always been there. But yeah, that one was really cool too. Mm-hmm. The conceit of like the number that's like burning like a rune above your head and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, that's right. It's kind yeah. of like um, what's the what's the um anime Death Note has that similar floating. Oh, yeah, yeah. How much time you have left again there. this is the year where daniel brought up at least three to four different anime <laughs> the same three four forever no no you brought up like two new ones this time because yeah. i'm like oh what is it is it gonna be uh ghost in the shell and you brought up something new and i'm like whoa what the hell i didn't know daniel my, knew that. my grand total of four animes i guess no but still that's like <laughs> two more than i expected <laughs> and i brought up that i actually watched death note this year or not all oh you of did it. Yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah. You did. You were talking about with Will too, right? Yeah. 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 Which did you watch the live action Willem Dafoe Death? No. No. Of course, the the anime one. Oh. Okay. So, so hold on. I know that we have an amusement park to get to, but please, Mm -hmm. Courtney, give us a short review of Death Note the anime. Uh, Well, I stopped watching it before I finished it because it kind of started to not be good. Um, I thought that (laughs) I liked the concept behind it i liked some of the plot but i thought that the characters could be very uh frustrating and dumb Mm. especially there's one uh female character who's just like oh she's the worst rip my hair out Uh, yeah i quit watching i'm like oh this is stupid now (laughs) yeah so I, i made it to season two and then it was just like hold on did a certain death of a character put you off of that or is it something else that happened it was that and then the the follow-up characters who came in was like yeah. wow this is oh yeah yeah no they're awful compared to that character yeah 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 like i gave up to at that point um, yeah no i i stopped reading the manga when that character died mm-hmm. because wow. I'm like i this is awful and i don't want to read it anymore i mean yeah. i was like you courtney i was willing to like see what happens next but then i'm like oh, i don't care yeah, yeah I, I definitely just stopped caring yeah, because like once that back and forth is over with, you're like, oh, mm-hmm. there's no tension to the show anymore because it's yeah. like, okay, we get it. Like it, it was just some of the most clever um, 
plotting though that yes. I've seen. Um, like the author, she's very, really smart about that. You know? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Except for some of the fascistic stuff that kind of mars the latter half of the series. But you know, we're, we don't have to talk about that <laughs> because we do have mm-hmm. an amusement park full of mangalas to get through. Why do I keep bringing up the mangala park, Courtney? Because it was definitely mm-hmm. your fucking fault. I mean, allegedly, yeah. <laughs> it is no, it is literally your fault, Courtney. I know, yeah. I know. I distinctly remember like one of my tenets was I wanted this to be like comedic in some way. And then mm-hmm. Courtney's like, I want there to be mangalas. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, okay, what do we got? And then we had to make it work, and it was a great little fun thing that we had to do for that episode. Yeah, dark humor. Yes, yes, very dark. Black yeah. comedy, the blackest of black comedies. Yeah. Um yeah, yeah, that was that was a fun setting. I I did like how it developed, and yeah, I was not expecting to create an amusement park, but it came out really interesting, also horrifying, mm-hmm. and having mm-hmm. to like make our our rides based on oh yeah, because it was like the embodiments of ideas or concepts that the gnomes got yeah. into this place, and like they were basically used as a uh, park mascots and like ride mascots and stuff. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And they were not happy about it. <laughs> and we, we got to come up with like, well, you can't die in this place. So what's the worst thing that can happen? And it turns out medical experimentation is high mm-hmm. up on that list. As yep. is effectively just being misted most of the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like being trapped in a small world forever. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of, did you guys see that video recently of that guy who is on some kind of drug and he gets yeah. naked and like climbs the small world tower? Yeah. No. Yeah, you should watch that video, Daniel. You just see his butt and it's out. And then they're like, I think that they grab like a princess dress and like wrap him <laughs> up in it at some point once they get him. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was the thing that happened. Um <laughs> Yeah, so so this setting was really fun. It's really dark and twisted. And uh, I think that one of the, because normally, you know, we always come with the faction as the second part, or often we come with the faction. But mm-hmm. I think this was definitely one of my favorite parts where we each came with an attraction or a ride. Yeah. And that was probably one of my favorite things that we get in. Like, what can we do to make something incredibly dark and twisted? And I think, Daniel, that's where you came up with the panopticon or something like that. Or it was like a giant crystal ball that people were like, it's like on the kiss can constantly or something like that. Right. Oh, yeah. I don't know if I don't know. Did the problem to have the panopticon as part of it or something or maybe someone else's tenant was that. But I did use the Epcot ball as that. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah I forgot about that. I don't know if I was the one who did it. Yeah, I forget. It sounds like a Daniel. It, it does sound like a Daniel. I just know. I just know that like I saw like the, the Epcot thing I thought would be a great representation of it. Yeah. yeah. And that was before the big Las Vegas sphere was a thing as well. So. Yeah. Oh, what yeah. is that? Yeah. Oh, you don't, Daniel, you don't know what the Las Vegas sphere is? Oh, man. Hold on. But yeah, it was definitely one of those things where like other people enjoyed it, laughed at it at these like embarrassing moments of people mm-hmm. dropping their ice cream or whatever. And but then like you would end up on it and just be mortified at everybody being able to see your embarrassment right yeah that's right there was that whole emotional angle to it yeah, yeah and it was also like a security system because it was like a yeah. literal panopticon yeah um daniel i just sent you a thing go ahead and click on that for me please don't stop this yes that is the las vegas skyline that you see 
and they've created a giant sphere that they can project onto. And it looks like that in real life. So that is only how it looks some of the time. Oftentimes it has like all sorts of different light displays, but oh. right now it's oh just Oh my god, why? I mean, that's <laughs> I want that guarding my palace, but that's hideous like otherwise. Daniel, this is the future of architecture. This is like you don't think that this oh. is going to be everywhere in like 10 years. It's going to be the oh. thing going forward. It's just terrifying. Yes. By the way, this was also the episode where we got to come up with a really cool main storyline quest where all of the characters were like workers for the amusement park. Yeah. And Daniel got to bring in his real life expertise as such. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, what a nightmare. I've worked both of those stupid parks. <laughs> God. The indoctrination is very real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Although I would say Universal wasn't as bad. Disney was worse. I, I that doesn't surprise me at all. Mm-hmm. I feel like Disney, it's like part of a cult as well. Yes. Yeah. So Dean, how did you want to expand upon this world in some way? What did you have in mind? Um, what are our tables? We have twists. We have what if we okay, well, what if we lose something in the park, a monster? Uh, that okay, that's kind of interesting because remember it's a world that has no death. So right. And then mm-hmm. we'll figure out what makes this monster scary. Like, what would be terrifying to have to flee from in a theme park? Sure. So do you want to roll on the monster table, Daniel? Yes. All right, let's do that. Let's pull it up. Let's see what we got. All right, so the monster that's getting loosed upon our Mengele-filled amusement park <laughs> is... Well, I think that this is an interesting one, and it's very simple to integrate. We've got a mimic loose in the park and there's there's so many different ways that we can do that as well i mean you can have instead of having a roller coaster cart you just have a mimic that looks like a roller coaster cart Mm -hmm. sit into it it pretends to be a very sticky roller coaster and then oh look the the roller coaster cart came back empty that's so weird you know that's that's an easy one to do plus because it's deathless, you're also getting dissolved in an endless, horrifying loop. So mm-hmm. that's one way we can go for it. So, Daniel, how do you imagine a mimic in your Mangala amusement park? I'm trying to think of things that are especially pernicious in theme parks. And aside from $6 sodas, <laughs> um, I would say the merchandise is especially pernicious. And so I think perhaps... You know, the merchandise might be infected with mimics. And maybe maybe this infection it progresses to the state of a whole roller coaster kind of deal. Mm. Maybe it's something that, that the um the gnomes don't have control over. Ooh, that's okay, that's really fun. So it's merchandising that gets out of control. Yeah, exactly. Like in real life. So it starts as a commemorative <laughs> cup or like a uh-huh. stuffed animal, and then kind of like a little shop of horrors. Yeah. where it eventually just becomes so big that it rules the world or at least starts to rule the world in some horrifying yeah. way. Yes, yes, 100%. Yeah, I like that. Well, what's yeah. your idea for Monster Courtney, though? Yeah, I mean, initially I was thinking kind of along your line of like merchandising of, I'm picturing like a, a little kid holding a balloon mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> then like walk around a corner away from their parents for two Are seconds and then they're, they're just gone. <laughs> the balloon just has consumed them. <laughs> and it's like floating off to its next victim or something. Love it, love it. Um, but yeah, you could do a lot there. And I do like the idea of it like growing over time. So it starts as like a single thing in the in the shop 
a single mm-hmm. overpriced trinket or whatever. And then it progresses to like, maybe it becomes the shop at some point and then yeah. lure people with, with stuff. And then maybe it, yeah, like overnight it switches to uh, a small ride and then eventually kind of graduates yeah. to become an entire roller coaster. Yes. I love the idea that it goes unnoticed for a while mm-hmm. until eventually it's like, when did we get a new ride? And it's like an mm-hmm. entire amusement in and of itself. Like, yeah. Oh, and also I remember Daniel, you had one of these gnomes be like very bureaucratic and like yes. a pain in the ass about. Oh, yeah. Could be one of those things where like nobody's gonna question the ride because they don't want to anger the the people above mm-hmm. or this mm-hmm. corporate city. They wanted an operation twenty four seven. Yeah, it's like they want to yeah. keep it up and they don't want to, you know, insult their boss by accident and get thrown into some pit of despair. Oh my god. Alternatively, it could be that like they have put in formal complaints, but by the time the bureaucracy gets to it, it's like, <laughs> well, hold on. You filed for a, you know, large soda sized threat. And this is an entire amusement. You're going to have to refile. Yeah. Just like let loose in the park and stuff. Like oh that. my God. Yeah. Like that. yeah. Yeah. Oh man. That's, that's really fun. That's great. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I suppose we should move on to the final world that we're going to be revisiting. And and that's going to be my favorite or not my favorite, because we had, like I said, we had so many bangers this year. We had so many amazing prompts and so many worlds that we built. So again, a huge thank you to everyone who submits prompts. You're the reason that we keep doing this. And you're the reason that we have such cool ideas and cool worlds and how we're able to be so creative. And speaking of creativity, the world that I want to bring us back to is the utopia of a thousand laws, or I believe it was fully automated luxury gay space communism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this one, let me talk about this one, because this is I knew back in like June that this is the one that I wanted to come back to, because in my brain, I kept coming back to this concept. The concept is so fucking cool where we have a full ass utopia. It's a ring world and fascism and capital have both fallen. So it's full communism. There's been a reclamation. It's a full utopia. It's post scarcity. And the remnants of this world are fascistic capitalists who have become monstrous, like quite literally monstrous as in like they are werewolves, vampires, etc. And there is only one person, one judge who is there to eliminate that threat Mm -hmm. to the fully automated luxury gay space communism. And I just loved that idea so much. And the way that we integrated the kind of monstrous like representations of capital, all of that was so cool that I knew that for this episode in particular, I wanted to come back to it and just add more monsters to the list. And how can we mold them into sci-fi like capitalist fascist monsters that's what i wanted to come back to but before we get into that i wanted to have you guys have your say about this setting a little bit as well is this the one where the cops are actually good because it's utopia yes and there's only a singular cop it's the one cop with a helmet or something Mm -hmm. that's a magical yeah Correct. There's like a whole team that supports them. There's mm-hmm. a whole system to it. And it's like actually this massive undertaking that this individual 
has all this power. Oh, because he gets informed mm-hmm. by this. Exactly. Wasn't informed by this larger like altruism yeah. network. It's a big AI thing. Yes, exactly. Okay. And how, so, what would the deal with the monsters? I forget all about them. Okay, so in our world, rebels like the rebel quote unquote faction were fascists and capitalists who were followers of the old ways before it fell, oh, right? Okay. And so the remnants of those fascists, of those capitalists, had become monstrous through this technology that they started to become vampires that were like cybernetic in some way that were, um, I think we had come up with a couple of them and I'm blanking on all of them right now, but that was effectively the kind, oh, we came up with a Medusa as well, I believe that was a really cool one. But yeah, we had a couple of different options where it it wasn't necessarily like a one for one. I suck blood from your neck. It was more like a more metaphorical monster that was just transformed in this way. What was the horrors of collectible toys? That's described in there too. (laughs) Horrors of collectible toys. I think that had to do with one of the monsters we had. I'm trying to remember exactly what it was. It was either related to the monster or like, there was something about like a manufacturing thing starting up people putting out collectible toys as a way to reinvigorate the sort of capitalist oh, uh, right. feelings, I think. And that's like how hmm, some right. sort of, it's not like really a disease, but it was like almost like a thought uh, disease spread. And I think it right. would like sap the colors out of things because the whole idea behind this world was that it was like the Lisa Frank brutalism where just everything's oh, yeah. like violently uh, colorful and stuff. And um, I think the capitalist stuff leached away at that and revealed like the corporate logos and things underneath. Yeah. Okay. That's important. Yeah. Because yeah, the world itself had like brutalist elements in its architecture, but then that was reclaimed by the exactly that's the mm-hmm. part of the process of communism is the means of production are taken by the people. And so the, those mm-hmm. old buildings of capital production are like taken over. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I believe that later we also introduced a sort of um, like mid-century or 1920s aesthetic or something like mm-hmm. that. So it was also had a little bit of that to it as well. But it was like a mixture of futuristic and like 1920s, like noir aesthetic mixed in. But like I said, what I want to talk about is the monsters. So Daniel, what what else do you remember about this setting before we continue on? Oof, so little beyond. I remember the cop <laughs> at one point, like... The helmet gets disabled, and then part of the interest was that he had to make moral decisions individually, because part yes. of it is that he didn't have to think about what he was doing because the AI decided what was right for the society, mm-hmm. um, and he just carried it out, right? Right. That's That was part of it. And I also mm-hmm. remember there was an entire team that supported this individual as well, because I think right. that the way that we had established it was um, th- the reason that the human element was necessary was because the fascists would like knock out radio communication or knock out like yeah. the mm-hmm. ability for the AI to communicate to them in some way. And so the human had to go in and be like, okay, this, this is disabled. I need to get it back up and online. But in the meantime, I've got to make some harsh decisions. And that is the burden that I carry. Yeah. Then there's also like the therapy aspect after yeah, this person. Okay. Yeah. 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 Cause it was like, they had to inflict violence on people and they were like the only one who had to do this during their their tenure as the judge so afterwards they had all this like therapy and counseling to to deal with what they had done yeah there was a we created a whole system to it where it's like Mm -hmm. you had the previous judge 
And then you also had an apprentice. So you'd like see the before and after the judge. Right. So you'd be like, you'd have your mentor there to like walk you through like, Hey, I've been where you've been. I know what it's like. And then you have the apprentice who like, this is what I'm currently going through. Is this, are you sure you want this job? Are you sure you want to be a judge? Cause you can just be in comms. Was this one that used the veil of ignorance in some way? Cause I feel I didn't, the judge yes. not know mm-hmm. about his own origin at all while he was the judge, like in order to right. be able to be fair. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. So that he could stay unbiased so that if mm-hmm. like family, you know, happened to be involved, he wouldn't uh, right. change his mind based on it. So yeah. we basically did Judge Dread, but what if it's an utopia? That's, that's essentially exactly. what we were yeah. saying. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And like way more interesting as a result because the right. implications and like the stuff that you had to tackle was way more interesting than just like, oh, we got some drug dealers and you got to fight the fascism, right. fascism, I guess. And it's like, uh-huh. oh, it's, oh, they're poor people. We should murder all the poor people. You know, like, nah, we're not doing that. Yeah, I think the prompt from if I recall correctly, it was Commissar Whiskers was basically like Judge Dredd, socialist utopia. Yes. The prompt. <laughs> yeah. What if we had yeah, yeah. Judge Dredd, but a utopia? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, anyway, I'm interested in making some goddamn monsters here, folks. So I'm going to roll some dice and we're going to integrate some monsters to turn them fascist, to turn them capitalist and see how they can integrate them into this utopia. And, and how do they terrorize this utopia, right? And so the monster that we're going to be working with is. Oh, giants. How do we integrate giants of fascism, giants of capital into our Judge Dread utopia setting? And my mind goes to some sort of giant machine, of course, or mm-hmm. colossal machine by default. Oh, yeah. No, we can easily take that imagery. And just use Colossus, right? Like, you know, the the monarchy, the Colossus, right? The, that image, that very famous image. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm. Okay, hold on. The monarchic Colossus. It's got like, God damn it. Where is it? Okay, whatever. I'll, f- I'll find it later. But it's from the 1700s, maybe. And it's like got a big head. And that's the monarch. And then the body is made up of individuals, like of, you know, humans that represent, oh, this is the head of and how they represent. Right. But I feel like we can make that literal in some ways, you know, where or or if not literal, as in like humans, we can do something that's like that, where maybe you can have a a hive mind that comes together as a collective that is ruled by an individual in some way. And there's a number of ways that you can do that. And I want to know if you guys think this is a good idea or maybe we should just jettison it right away. I was thinking more along the lines of um, some sort of destructive force, like something that reaps resources from the earth or the space ring or whatever the resources are, mm-hmm. basically. Um, because it's about like constant consumption constant growth so mm-hmm. it's like becoming larger as it's consuming things paying no attention to the the suffering that it's causing in the process of its destruction it could be an old building that's been animated somehow an old production facility yeah. from a machine that's kind of what mm-hmm. you're what it was designed to do is what you're describing or it's been yeah. converted to do the mm-hmm. opposite that's a really yeah. cool idea because what i love about that is 
one, it echoes the kind of like endless consumption that capital requires in order right. to yeah. pursue like profit. Right. But then what you can also do is you can make it so it's not creating anything of value when it's going through and destroying or reacquiring the stuff that it's consuming. Maybe it's just like, hey, I made like a luxury like area for the building that it, that I'm in right now. You know, like show how wasteful it actually is by reallocating uh, resources to selfish means in some way, you know, mm -hmm. where it's like the entirety of this building is for one individual. And the idea that there's an individual out there who's controlling a massive building, consuming neighborhood blocks in efforts to kind of make their own lives better. I think it's kind of an interesting conceit that we can work with too. Do we have some kind of fabrication tech? Because I, mean, I know that there was post-scarcity. I, I thought that there was some sort of fabrication technology that these machines are capable of. Like they were giant printers, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, who knows if we already had talked about this in the previous episode. But then perhaps that monster is using that technology in an unpleasant way. Oh, it could be like spitting out uh, those like cookie cutter suburban houses. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, yeah. It's printing out of control kind of deal, yeah. It's just yeah. like printing McMansions the entire time. Yeah, the giant is like a mega like landlord company type thing. It's rolling oh, out a new man. society, like literally. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. Hold on. Uh, I have an idea. I'm, I'm going to send you guys an image. Uh, and I want you to tell me what you think about this image in terms of how dumb it is and how much it fits what we're kind of talking about right now. Uh, yeah. And to our <laughs> listeners, if you want to go ahead and Google search Titan of Industry, the Magic, the Gathering card, <laughs> you can see exactly what I'm talking about, which is basically just a giant building with arms that is made up of other buildings. And I feel like this is the perfect kind of giant that represents what we're talking about. And mm -hmm. the idea that you're making mini McMansions that are also like, oh, oh. There's also something fascinating to me about that where this thing is also spitting out mini golems that are basically the size of like a, a closet. And that's how they're kidnapping people to work for this massive thing, even though they don't need it. Right. The, the, the work is purely uh, symbolic in a way, you know, what I mean? because as Daniel said, we're post scarcity, right? We're, we're fabricating this stuff. So it doesn't need to, but the idea that it's able to capture them in like shoebox size apartments, I think is also fun and thematic in a dumb way. And if it's printing McMansions, I mean, part of the project of communism is to get rid of class division. So it could be that it's mm -hmm. like printing McMansions is creating a space for a new class, which is not a thing mm -hmm. anymore. And so that invites yeah. people who still have a bit of greed in their hearts to live in mm -hmm. these McMansions and lord over others, you know, but they're mm -hmm. ultimately beholden to whoever mm -hmm. operates the machine. <laughs> like I love, yeah, I just find this setting to be so fun and I just wanted to come back to it because goddamn, that's just a fun concept that we can run with. Mm -hmm. Well, all right. And, and with that little walk down memory lane, I just want to, again, thank you all. Thank you to all the listeners. And more importantly, at least to me, I want to sit here and thank Courtney and Daniel specifically for absolutely carrying this year of the podcast. I know that I have been absolutely buried in work trying to get my master's degree and the podcast, even though I am the primary voice that you hear coming out of the headphones, 
The podcast would not exist without Courtney and Daniel, and I want to thank them from the bottom of my heart in the deepest and most sincere way possible. Thank you for being here, and thank you for being my friends throughout this process and throughout this journey. Oh, we're going to physically see you soon. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm coming to visit and I'm going to give you all a hug. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, Siri wants to participate too. Shut the fuck yeah, up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I, I got to uh, try out hosting a couple of times this year, which was new and exciting. Yes. And one day I will listen to that episode. I'm going to go. Oh my God. I'm kidding. I'm joking. Multiple episodes of that. I know. I know. I know. But uh, yeah, seriously, guys, thank you both so much uh, for your friendship and also for carrying the podcast while I haven't been here. Like I said, I couldn't do it without you guys, and there wouldn't be a podcast without you. So sincere love in your direction, especially considering how busy y'all been too this year. Nice. Hopefully we'll have another, um, how many years has it been? Four years? Of Four. Yeah. We are, we are about to be in year five, Daniel. Oh my about God. To be in year Someday five. Senpai will notice us. Someday. <laughs> well, it, depending on who you consider Senpai to be, Justin Alexander and us, we have a pretty good relationship. So no, my Senpai, you know, who he is, um, uh, Tim Rogers, obviously. Oh, that's never going to happen. But <laughs> exactly, I respect, right? I that's the problem. Him. I'm so lonely. See, that's not your Senpai. That's like your, your boyfriend. Like that's your <laughs> yes. boyfriend, Daniel. It's my yeah. future husband. Yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> Despite what your wife might suggest. Yeah, she's okay with it. Yeah, oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. But. <laughs> That's going to do it for this episode of World Build With Us. That's going to do it for this year of World Build With Us. Uh, thank you all so much for your continued patronage. I'm not even going to do the regular intro. You know where to find us at this point. You know where to go at this point. Remember, guys, we love you terribly. We love you very much. Thank you so much for listening. And we're going to get through this together until next year. Woo! Woo!